friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. Now, today I have a special bonus episode for you because today we're introducing a new podcast, another podcast produced by RingDNA. Now, as soon as I'm done talking here, you'll hear the RevOps podcast. It's hosted by our very own Jordan Henderson, Brandon Redlinger, and Jonathan Stevens. So you might be asking yourself, why a podcast on revenue operations or RevOps? Well, more and more companies are embracing revenue operations as the answer to misaligned sales processes, people, and data that can lead to really significant inefficiencies. However, many people still have critical questions about RevOps. I mean, what processes and tools do I need? How do I structure my team? How do I measure outcomes across sales, marketing, and customer success? And what are some of the best practices for doing that? Well, your hosts will deliver unfiltered, thought-provoking discussions and actionable takeaways on every episode about the ideas, the processes, and technology changing the B2B landscape with revenue operations. All right, let's jump into it. Hey, everyone. I'm Jordan Henderson, and welcome to the RevOps Podcast. I'm joined today by Jonathan Stevens and Brandon Redlinger. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? Today, we are going to be talking about implementation. So, so we always got to start out. I know a lot of people know what implementation is. I know most of our listeners will probably know what implementation is, but I think we always have to start out by defining the thing because everybody says, uses different words differently, uh, especially in tech. Jonathan and I have argued extensively this week about the phrase BDR versus SDR extensively, <laughs> I, I mean, like an hour long <laughs> argument about BDR versus SDR. So is that why definition... you have the black eye? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it got a little heated. Definitions, very important in revenue operations in tech in general. So implementation, broadly speaking, software or product implementation is something that typically occurs in the post-sales process and is, well, actually just deploying the thing that the customer purchased. This typically involves things like making sure that the product will operate properly in its environment, that it's installed and configured appropriately, it's working properly, it's interacting with other tools well, and that it's actually integrated well. Uh, And that all users are trained and able to access it. That's probably the key thing, trained and able to access. Essentially, implementation is the kickoff of you fulfilling your obligations under the contract that you signed, which is to provide them with software that solves the problem that they bought your software solve that's it anybody anybody have thoughts on that definition of implementation it's quite a long definition but it's basically it's making your setting your customers up so that they can succeed so that they can use the software like you promised it to them totally and that that's the biggest thing right like that's the thing that's 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 probably the most important thing. It's not just that they can use the product, so that they can use it in the way that solves the problem that you promised them that you would help them solve, right? Exactly. So. Like how how many times in a demo do you see this nice sexy dashboard with all these charts, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, great, you have the software now, and they're like, wait, how the hell do I make that dashboard then? And yeah. it's nothing like what they demoed you. Totally. Totally. And, and so, so sort of segueing into this, the, the, the way most companies handle implementation is they have people whose sole role is implementation. There's somebody's title is like implementation manager, implementation and training manager, whatever that is. Sometimes it's an SE, uh, sales engineer for everybody. Um, but 
Typically, that person comes in maybe towards the end of the deal, right before it closes, typically probably right after it closes. They map out, here's what's important to the customer. Here's all the steps we're going to take. Week one, we're going to do this. Week two, we're going to do this all the way through to the point where they can say this person is fully running, using the product, everybody's got access and trained, et cetera, et cetera. Usually takes, I mean, depending on complexity, some some products are six months, some are, you know, eight day or eight weeks and some some tools can be implemented in days honestly some some you don't even need this um, but that's kind of broadly speaking how most companies do it i think i mean every company i've been at has has had some version of that how about, how about you guys yeah exactly 100 percent. yep cool jonathan so talkative per usual i do <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so, so then this, this comes in. So like, obviously I'm, I'm revenue operations. I work super closely with the CS team and, and the CS, you know, universe kind of involved is heavily involved with implementations. We have an implementation manager team that, that here that I work very closely with. So it makes a lot of sense for me to talk about implementation. You guys, product marketing and marketing operations. Implementation isn't even in sales, right? It's, it's past, it's post sales. we're talking about, like, we've always talked about sales stuff. We're talking post sales today. So Brandon, Tell me why implementation is implementation is important to product marketing and and tell me more about it. Tell me your thoughts on implementation. 100%. So it it came up this week because um some of the it's a, actually uh, a person on our implementation team came to me and said, "Hey, can you help me out with these slides?" And that and that's exactly what I want too, right? Because like his his skill set is not putting together market like putting together slides that look nice for customers, his skill set is actually how do I get this done? Like, how do I actually make sure our customers, um, like the information is in the implementation deck and it's clear? We won't and, we won't uh, say his name, but I'm totally going to send him this clip someday so he knows that you insulted his skills. Just so you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but th- like this is this is the case that like pretty much every company I've been at, right? Like, I, I was at one company and. The implementation deck that they sent over to the that they u- regularly send to customers, which is a spreadsheet misformatted, not even the right colors, like it was the ugliest thing ever. And it's like if if you send this deck to our customers, it makes us look like a tiny ass company, mm, right? Totally, it makes us totally. look very immature. So that that's why when your guy came to me and said, can I help, can you help me with this deck? I was like, yes, thank you. Like, that's exactly what I want you guys to do. Like he knows that it needs to be spruced up a little bit from marketing. And a thousand percent. Right. Exactly. And that way I can make sure that like the right colors are used. The logo lockup is used in the right way. I can even make sure that, um, that like, I, I mean, some, some companies care about this stuff a lot. Like the the font is used correctly. I've been at big companies where, like, yeah, you, you are not allowed to use a different font, and sales has no idea what the different fonts are. It's just like I don't. They all they're all the same to me, right? Yeah. Some marketing teams are pretty anal about that, and yeah. right, like they, they spent a thousand, probably even more, hundreds of thousands of dollars on doing the research and finding the most perfect font, and then purchasing that font, and and, the, yeah, and then some, and, and then every- some implementation managers using Times New Roman throwing it out <laughs> exactly, there, exactly, right? right? Yeah. A word doc, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it 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 just like getting product marketing involved can you know one make sure that everything looks professional, and two just make sure you're on brand because we also have a style guide here that we recently yeah. rolled out that is very important, and it's just saying. How do I say these certain things? Um, what what voice are we using? 
Um, and even down to like, yeah, what are we using APA or what, what are we actually using um, for our style guide for universally across the company? Totally. So, so I mean, and, and, and it seems it's sort of a no brainer, right? Like implementation, the reason, by the way, an implementation is the most important. It's, it's, it's so fundamentally important is because if you have a bad implementation, it doesn't matter actually if you have the best customer success team in the world and they ultimately get them working right. That first experience is almost impossible to recover from and that customer will churn at the end of their agreement because they had a bad implementation experience. That best, it's, it's a first impression is really what it is, right? It, it, and and it, you're, exactly. you're helping provide a first impression that's polished, that's actually representative of the product and the company that you are, not just a Word doc with Times New Roman. <laughs> exactly. And like every single touch that you have with a prospect or a customer, I don't care if it's a sales call, I don't care if it's an ad click, I don't care if it's a call with support implementation, all of that plays into how they perceive your brand. Every mm. single touch either helps or hurts you. And kind of like you said, like th- this is really the foundation for that relationship. And B2B SaaS soft- like software these days, especially enterprise software, it's built on the relationship. Like I know, I know plenty of people who have bought because they have purely a relationship with the vendor, not because it's the best, it's because they have the best relationship. That, yes, absolutely. That's that's exactly how most deals are won. To be yeah, honest, exactly. yeah, I, I did a podcast with our with Alec, our producer's father, about this. We talked about this in detail for like thirty <laughs> yeah. minutes. Like, uh. It's how most things are purchased. It's it's getting them to like like they're making two decisions. They're deciding on a product and they're deciding on the person that's selling it to them. Right. Exactly. And and, and like Andy Paul says, it matters how you sell. Yeah. It's very not much what you sell, it's how you sell. So so I, I have sort of a follow-up question, but before I do that, Jonathan, I want to get your thoughts on implementation. Yeah, yeah. Implementation in the marketing operations world is pretty extensive. We do a lot of implementation, maybe the most outside of maybe a RevOps or a IT department. So But but you're talking see. about implementing tools for us, right? Yeah. Well yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, but we're gonna we we're gonna get to that. We're, we're gonna that. get to that. We're gonna get to that in a minute. I promise. But what I want to hear now is yeah, yeah. I, I was our, kinda, our yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell me how so does I was, our t- I was gonna turn that around back. into yeah. okay. Hang all right, on, my bad. Turn it around. Turn it around. <laughs> turn it around. Yeah. So I was gonna say uh, a lot of companies actually mitigate implementations by like Salesforce is a key example. They use implementation partners, and I think part of the reason they do that, maybe not a huge reason, is that it will kind of protect their brand if the implementation doesn't go as planned. So that's definitely a route that some companies have taken in the recent years. But um, it's interesting because yeah. when you say that, I have the thought of there's only one product I've ever implemented or like a handful of them, I suppose, that when you implement it, the implementation goes poorly, that the blame lands internally and it's mm-hmm. Salesforce and Salesforce related products. Like if you implement Salesforce CPQ and it goes poorly, they're like internally, you're like, well, who's at fault? And, you know, who at Ringina screwed this up? Every other software product in the world, they're like, oh, well, that company didn't do it well. Like (laughs) it's, it's, it's internal. So you're right. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah. So I I think the critical components of implementation is documentation, having a portal. I think, uh, you know, one of our recent companies we've signed on was Sixth Sense. They've got Mm. outstanding documentation. Everything's in their portal. You can get to it easily. I don't have to go ask my 
my rep every time I want to figure out something, I can go do some research. So I think that's one of the most critical things to have as a software company is just proper documentation, a portal where your customers can go get everything they need, reach out if they need more. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you as a marketing ops person, how do you help coordinate that? Like how, how, do, how do you make that happen? To build a portal? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I can't, I can't go build a website, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, you'll have to, you'll have to team up with your marketing department, um, to build a, a site. And I think it just is coordination with your IT department and your implementation partners to make sure you've got it all documented in in the right spots. And then you just build web pages out of the, the experience and you lock it down. Yeah. And then just keep, keep iterating, I assume, because everybody's implementation changes drastically over time. Right. Yep. So, so here's my sort of follow-up question, and, and we, we do this, I think, every time is we sort of talk about the easy, the easy conversation, right, which is marketing down. It's because it's down funnel. We talk about like marketing to sales, sales onward, um, but it's the upstream feedback loop that I'm actually interested in. And, and one of the things that I think is really fascinating, at least I think, and, and I want you guys to either validate or tell me I'm a total moron, is that implementation, being a part of it, is actually valuable to marketing, specifically like product marketing. Because I would think, and, and maybe I'm totally wrong, that sitting in on implementation calls or seeing the content that they're sharing gives you some insight as to what's actually important to the people buying which would be a good learning experience. Am yeah, I totally wrong on this? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's 100% right. That's 100% right. I mean, right. that, that, that uh, at any time I get a chance to listen to customer calls or prospect calls, I mean, that, that just gives me more insight into what they're looking for, what value they're actually seeing with the product, what's the pain point. Like the, the best thing that can come out of that is when the customer goes, Oh, like that's it's that aha moment, right? It's like, oh, this thing right here makes it all worth it. And it's like, okay, that to me is gold. Like, yeah, I I want more of those moments. So the more I can sit in on those implementation calls or even just like customer success calls, QBRs, anything like that, I can sit in on or just listen to watch the replay of it. Like that's that's valuable for me. Totally. Jonathan, I'm pausing for you. You got insights? Yeah, I agree that being able to understand the challenges that the product is solving for people, um, that's really key. Hang on, boss is calling. (laughs) (laughs) Again, two weeks in a row. (laughs) Don't don't tell him. Um, All right, so so I think we're still on his headphones, I think. There, he's taking them off. (laughs) I I wanted to eavesdrop on I know, I did too. all right, so so I, I'm gonna keep keep moving forward. So, well, I guess, I'm, I'm, so, 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 so I'm to kick a question over to you. I mean, we 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 kind of touched on it. Um, do do you like implementation partners? And uh, how do you think about implementation partners? Should we be using them? Should we not be using them? Do you like them? Do not? I yeah. I, I, until you're, I, I I think like sales. It's it's passing the buck totally like what jonathan mentioned right like that using it it protects the brand i get that and doing all those things it makes it very cost prohibitive to install new tech which which when you're emerging tech like we are it's it's very tough to do and so i i wouldn't do it right now because it would be very very difficult to say hey you have to pay this much for our software also talk to one of these guys they're going to you know, charge you 20 grand to set up your ring DNA. That's going to be a terrible experience. Um, we're, we're not there yet. And I don't, I don't think most companies ever get there. I think you have to be 
like a sales force or somebody of that stature in order to actually successfully make that the reality. I know there's other companies that do it like Aptus, I know does something similar. Um, but, but like even us, when I talked to Aptus about purchasing Aptus and they told me that I was like, great, I'm going to talk to your competitors because I don't want to pay for that. Like that's ridiculous. And so we move on. So, so I'm not a huge fan of it. What, what about you? Yeah, so at, at Engageo, we actually did have a bunch of implementation partners. Um, and yeah, like some of that's just built into the, the service package that you sell to them. And I think it was valuable for us because we were just able to scale a lot more customers. Like we, we were growing, growing pretty quickly um, mm. and we just didn't we just didn't have that support team and, and that implementation team. And I mean, kind of like what, what we were talking about last time, we closed a big enterprise deal and a lot of the in-house implementation team went to that big enterprise deal. So it's like, <laughs> it's like oh shit, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? So it's like, oh, yeah. we, we still got to implement all these other customers. And like, we, uh, Engageo specifically, like it is real foundational to mm. your entire marketing stack. So getting that right from the beginning is very important. So Yeah, but don't, just, don't you think you're, don't you think you're losing relationship value like their relationship is then held for a, a very specific period of time and a very important period of time with somebody that doesn't work for your company no that is i mean they 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 still will have like a csm too right and yeah it, yeah right so they, they are managing that account um but just for that implementation period where it is a lot more involved where you do need like you know daily hand holding um, or yeah, I mean it's it because you are uh, interfacing with your customer much more frequently, right? Yeah. So and then your your customer success manager is still that main point of contact with the company itself. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, I, I still well, I mean, I think you have to be a certain size. Even even Engageo is a, a relatively decent size to be able to do that, right? Because you have, first of all, you have to have enough new business in order to support an agency that's going to do this, right? Totally, <laughs> like, exactly. They, they have to be able to make their money. Um, and I, I could see pluses and negatives. I, I've, I've worked at companies that have done it. Uh, I, I liked, by the way, the best version of it for, for me at a company I've been at was, was essentially we sold a platform that you could implement yourself. You didn't necessarily have to hire somebody like that. It was going to be slower and you'd have to like learn some things and there was resources and all of that. Um, or, you know, you could hire one of these partners who would do it. And, and we had some resources internally that helped too, but typically it was one or the other. And, and I, I liked that a lot because it didn't, it didn't slow down our enterprise deal cycle. Cause if you were an enterprise customer, you could totally do it yourself and that's fine. Uh, but our really big deals, we had dedicated partners that could come in and help out, which was super important. Yeah. And they do help close deals sometimes, which is kind of fascinating. They bring in business. They totally help you Absolutely. close things. Yeah. Um, cool. Jonathan is back. Are I'm just you, in time too. All right. Is he, is, is he, Sorry about that. Do you still work for the company? Yes. <laughs> All right. I can <laughs> keep three, going. Three, it's 3.30 on a Friday. We didn't know if we lost you permanently. You never All right. know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had uh, uh, integration go down. So working through that. Nice. Speaking of integrations, but it's not on our end. Fair enough. Of course it's not. Um, we just went down a whole rabbit hole about uh, using third parties as um, to help. Like, So if RingDNA had a third party agency that helped do implementations rather than having our in-house implementation team handle it, Brandon's pro. I'm sort of anti. Where are you at? Oh, very pro. Oh, very pro. Oh. Yeah. 
Wow. Right, spoken like about- spoken like two guys who've never led an implementation for a customer before. This is what, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean there there's give and takes. So like it, it depends on what you're implementing, but I think if you have the right implementation team, you're going to have a company of kind of rock star tech people. Whereas like a company maybe doesn't have the budget to have as many rock star. It's the same reason like you have marketing agencies is, you know, you just can augment a lot easier with a company than you can hiring all these people. So do you, you think it has as much to do with, it probably has as much to do with the customer who's ever buying you than it does your company itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. But I, 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 I still, my, I've been going back to the same point, and you were gone when I talked about it. I think you lose so much relationship value. Like, I, I really do. I think, like, think about Sixth Sense. We just purchased Sixth Sense in the past four or five months. The implementation experience has been really, really good. Like, props mm-hmm. off to them. If Julian ever listens to this and anybody else on that team, it's been an awesome experience. One of the best that I've had with any tool. And it's it's actually quite a complex tool. Cigar did a great job mm-hmm. with us. It's been good. I know all their names. I'm so confident in their tool. I'm like, that team is great to me because they did that so well, right? And if, mm. if they had signed a contract with us and then they, they were like, hey, here's uh, Widget Company XYZ to implement you, and Widget Company did a great job, mm. I, I wouldn't even know Julian's name because we wouldn't even be there, right? And we wouldn't have that relationship and I wouldn't love that platform or that company as much as I do, which that's, that's the missed opportunity, right? So Julian was the implementation... Just the implementation sale, she, no, she was she was our sales leader, she, but she she kind of like led that too. And they had cigars, our implementation specialist, and he did like all of our data mapping and like I mean there was a team of like five people involved, and and we paid for implementation. Like okay. it's it wasn't a free implementation, but mm-hmm. like it it was an awesome experience. And I would totally anybody who asks, I would say pay them for the implementation. It's great. Like you're gonna need it, right? Mm. And so now I'm just anyways. wondering, like if. If then Julian, like, you know, she's just the specialist who uh, implements and then you don't hear from her again. Does that matter? I, I think it's still it's the it, the same the same reason Jonathan mentioned earlier that Salesforce outsources theirs it protects their company brand. Right. They have such a reputable brand is that you can also enhance your company brand by doing a great job regardless of who's doing it, whether it's the CSM or the salesperson or an implementation manager. Like there, there is a benefit. Like also you can tank it for sure. And we, we've talked about that. You can tank the whole customer relationship and they'll hate you forever. And your G2 will go down because they'll be super upset at you. Right. But, mm. but like it is there as much it's risk reward. And, and I think particular companies of our size are, are even, you know, slightly larger for me, at least the reward is there to like go do a great job at this and increase lifetime value, increase upsell, like do all those things. And actually we need people to sing our praises more now than we will someday when we're a billion dollar company because nobody, we're, we're young. We, we need people to know who we are, right? It's true. What's your rebuttal? That was a long way of saying I disagree. Yeah. I mean, I could see it from both ends. It's not like I'm like all in on one where the other. Oh, I don't I just know. Think, you were, you were pretty. You were. You, I think it was strongly pro. Alec, can we get a <laughs> can we get a feedback on what that what that response was? I think the the, the quote was very pro. Very, very pro, pro, I believe. Very pro. Very yeah, pro. Yeah, but so. that doesn't mean I can't see benefits of not right, going right. the implementation partner route. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of benefits to doing the implementation partner. 
But it also just depends on your business, your product. There's a lot of variables at play. Totally. So, so we landed on the uh, back to the thing that it we depends. Oft, often land on, which yeah, it depends. Yeah, I mean that we, was we a good lost one. Any any of my former colleagues who were listening to this episode? <laughs> well, now they know that they need to compete because Six Sense is doing a great job. There you go. Right now, yeah, they are. Um, they are. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So. I'm going to move on. Um, there's there's a question that I want to ask, and I want, I want you to both to do your best to stay calm when I ask this very, very exciting question. Um, Jonathan, I'm going to start with you first. And and uh, deep breath, little ohm before you go. Um, Tell me about a time when you had a really bad implementation experience. Oh, no. I've had a handful, but I'd say... The most recent one that comes to memory is... You don't have to say the company name. No, You don't have to say the company name. You can. I don't really care. No. (laughs) No, and I have friends there. And, you know, they have people that work there who are great. So, like, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus like that. But, yeah, as far as we were implementing a product, a marketing automation platform, and we brought in an implementation partner to come in and kind of help augment the work. And we kind of found kind of in the middle of the implementation that they had no experience integrating the marketing automation platform with Salesforce. So they were complete experts in the platform. But then when you had to connect it to Salesforce and work with sales reps and, you know, pass data back and forth, they kind of left me to figure it out on my own. So ended up implementing two business units of Pardot, six business units of Marketing Cloud, pretty much all on my own. Nice. So that was did, rough. <laughs> did did they learn anything in the process about implementing on Salesforce? That feels like a really fundamental thing for most software companies. So I don't think so because uh, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I actually have a former colleague who moved on to another company who's actually been reaching out recently who used the same implementation partner and now they're kind of reaching out to get me to kind of help them with an advisory role <laughs> as far as implementing <laughs> the product. So, well, you, you know how I feel about advisory roles. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not very pro just so the listeners know it's not very pro. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was definitely the, I mean, I think overall it was great because then I was just able to get in and get a lot of experience and figure that stuff out and have a deeper understanding of the Salesforce objects and learned a little SQL in the process. So I think I'm, overall, I'm like, it was great, I'm a little, but. I'm a little like upset that you're turning this into a positive for yourself. Like, this is a, <laughs> <laughs> fired up. like, Oh, like this isn't a job interview, Jonathan. Like, you know, you tell me. I'm so much better now. Uh, yeah. Like, Oh, and what I did, how I overcome that obstacle. Like, no, I don't like, no, tell me, tell me how terrible it was and what they screwed up. And I want to like hear deep details of how awful they are as people and company and software product. Did you ever get the platform working? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it was okay. definitely working great. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a little bit of an aha moment. It was like, okay, I'm going to have to figure this out. So a lot of late nights were spent, a lot of all-nighters were spent just implementing because we were also, at the time, upgrading to Salesforce Lightning from Classic at the exact same time and reworking, moving off of person accounts into the standard account model. So we had to migrate and and kind of move over all at the same time. So it was 
messy, but all all of our listeners, all of our listeners, stop, stop doing that. <laughs> all of our listeners. <laughs> I mean, I'm so much worse off now. <laughs> yeah. All all of our listeners who were like in sales or like marketing contributor roles and not in ops just like totally tuned out and went away. It's That's like true. we might as well been talking about shoes. You were talking about migrating data and doing things. They just muted and moved on. This is a RevOps uh, podcast after all. Yeah, it is. There'll be some sales ops people that'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a tough migration. Oh, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I yeah. wish I could learn some SQL. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Jonathan, what did you learn about like how to choose the right implementation partner? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what I'm a, here that's for. That's a good question. Um, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, that's your job, Jordan. When, when, when is the last? You've asked two questions in four episodes. You're not doing a very good job. You're right. Yeah. I think just doing a little more vetting up front. I mean, we did do a great job. We vetted five different uh, implementation partners before we landed on the one. I think we ended up landing on the one because they were pretty local to us and we thought there'd be a lot of benefits that we could, they could come into our office and kind of be with us while we're kind of implementing and help us train. And I think we kind of got a little too stuck on the fact that they were local, I think would probably be the Mm. biggest thing that ended up happening. I do want to point out that if you, uh, if you throw their name out there, they'll probably reach out to us, try to offer us like some free software or something. I'm just saying, (laughs) (laughs) all right, well, I can't bait you into it. All right. All right. Uh, Cool. Uh, Brandon, same question. Bad implementation experience. Hit us with it. Yeah. The, the worst experience was just not delivering what they promised. Um, so it, it, we did not use an implementation partner or any third party uh, to help implement. Um, it was a marketing software, but it was they they sold this big shiny package, and then um, some of the very specific features they didn't tell us it was actually not included in the base package. So I'm trying to set this up, and they're like. Oh, yeah, that's an extra $5,000. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, and then this other thing, it's another $5,000. It's like, wait, you, you, nowhere did you mention any of this. Um, <laughs> Can I ask if it's a certain company and then you'll answer yes if it is? <laughs> uh, sure. I think I know who it is. Marketo? It is not Marketo. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that was going to be a big name to drop for a terrible yeah, <laughs> I hear that feedback about Marketo all the time. I don't know if they changed it recently. That was last time I heard that was like probably four or five years ago. But so, so upcharging you on every step of the way, essentially. A- a- exactly. Every single little feature. Um, it, like, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. It's like, I, I, I'm. Like, know what I'm buying you for. I told you exactly why, like, the things that matter to me. Mm-hmm. You led me to believe that this was all included. And then now you're upselling me on this? Bullshit. And they, can, can, I, can I actually circle this all the way back to the start, which is, you know, the best way to solve that is to make sure they provide you a super detailed implementation plan that your marketing team should help put together so it's polished and professional and lends confidence. Back, like, literally back to the first thing we talked about. Like... <laughs> Exactly. And and that's what I do now. Like, the, 
I learned my lesson. That, like, that was a hard lesson to learn. Because now I look like a complete idiot in front of my boss. I got to go fight for more budget now. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I need I, 10 grand more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's no way. Feeling. And, of course, now, I, I mean, I, I almost really do want to just drop their name. But, like... Anytime someone comes to me and is like, hey, I'm looking at this company. I'm like, nope, never go with them. Never go with them. And and it, it's kind of back to one of the things that we were saying, too. It's about the relationship. Like, they yeah. completely, th- like, they care about money more than the relationship, right? And now I, I know for a fact, and it, it prides me, that I have prevented a lot of friends and <laughs> colleagues from purchasing their software. Why don't, why don't, I don't understand why you're not saying the name. You could prevent so many more. <laughs> so many more. Huh? My only goal is to get somebody to throw a company under the bus. I don't know if you it's guys knew happen. that about this question. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a few experiences. Of like like uh, Marketing Cloud's another company that kind of has that. And I think part of it is just there it is. the way they Drop, build the product. The there's a name for you. Yep. There's a name. But Marketing I think Club. Part of it is like how a product is built. Like if you're servicing things that make it look like you purchase it and it's part of your package, then that's kind of confusing to the end user. So I think having visual cues that you need to pay for this if you want to be able to use it, it's an add-on. It's not part of the base package. I think that helps a lot because yeah, if you go through an implementation and then realize, oh, I need to pay five, ten grand more, that's not a good feeling and you're gonna look bad with your leadership. Yeah. Totally. I mean, there, there's a thing here too, which, which, cause I, I had an experience once and it, it's the reason I'm, I'm actually pretty passionate about implementations. And, and you guys both know this and some of the people that listen to this will probably, I've actually implemented a lot of people and like, especially with some of our packages, I do trainings and stuff because I use them very heavily internally. Um, I had a, I had a product I bought years ago where they, they basically, after we signed the contract, they started sending me videos and there was like this video library that tracked when you watched videos and they wouldn't install the product until I watched all the videos. Like they absolutely wow. refused. And it was like 22 hours of videos. What? It was absolutely wow. insane. And I like, I was <laughs> furious the whole time. And so I like legitimately, and they, they stopped after each like 20 minutes, you had to click on the next one and hit play. So you couldn't just like hit play and walk away. You actually had to pay attention to these terrible, stupid wow. videos oh, no. and they wouldn't, I would email them like, I need to get like, can we get the meeting scheduled to like get this installed? And they would be like, Oh, we, we just checked. You're only at like hour 14 of 22. Like you can't do it yet. <laughs> and, and ultimately like, honestly, this went on for like three weeks. And at the end of three weeks, I was like, okay, we're three weeks into the contract. You haven't installed it yet. By the way, contractually, we bought a software product that you haven't provided us. We're not paying you. Because you haven't provided, like, it's like me buying a Snickers bar and then the guy at the ca- counter not handing me the Snickers bar. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I'm not paying for that, right? We need and to like, watch some commercials first. Yeah, sure yeah. Like, really <laughs> like, there, there's this video on how to eat a Snickers properly <laughs> that you, you need to, but like, it's a terrible experience. And you do, by the way, you have an obligation. And, and I, that's why I kind of worked the contract thing into the definition of implementation. You have an obligation to provide them a software product because you sold them a software product. They're paying you for a software product. Like you can't then not give it to them. And implementation is you handing them the candy bar. Right. And so anyways, that's my, that's Are my, you going to call that terrible, one out? I'm Which not, I, was that? I'm not, I don't even know <laughs> if they exist anymore. It's been like five or six years. Uh, I, I think uh, everybody's probably had that experience with them. So I, 
I, I'm, I'm in the boat with you, Brandon, where I have proudly told like six people, don't buy that product. And, and go. it's gone yeah, different directions. It? it does. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so I think I usually phrase it as like, unless you want to replace Netflix with training videos for the next 30 days, don't, don't buy that product. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on implementation? I know we have like 10 minutes left. We're, we're chugging along today. We are. Let's let's go Jonathan, to our last segment. Jonathan didn't drop one f bomb. He dropped two company names though. So That's I'll true. give you that. Yeah, he that kind of yeah. counts. You didn't say <laughs> you didn't say f that company though, which I was waiting for. <laughs> no, <laughs> all right. no, all the ones I've called out are good companies. Just That's you know, true. Like Marketing Cloud's a great it. product. Like it's yeah. just yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, have some gotchas. Every product's got some gotchas. All right, so the final segment, per usual, this week on LinkedIn. Um, this one is sort of, well, not even tenuously related to the discussion we're having. It's not, it's not at all related to implementations, so brace yourselves. Uh, this week on LinkedIn, pr- the message I got was, professional development as a, re- as a revenue operations leader is hard. I have people on multiple teams with multiple focuses. How can I make sure that they feel empowered to develop professionally? And, and I like this message because I feel this message. Like... I work with so many people and I have people on different teams that I work with that are in sales ops or like in marketing or in finance or in CS or even in implementation. And and people at companies will have different people in all those roles that report to them, even though they're working specifically in one of those verticals, right? And so like if you're a revenue operations person and you have a marketing operations person and a sales ops person and a CS ops person, how do you make sure that they're all getting the things that they need to professionally develop? It's tough. Thoughts? Totally. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually going to start with Jonathan because he's a marketing ops guy who doesn't report to me, but works super, super closely with me. And I try my best to help him wherever I can, like, you know, in the feel like he's getting professionally developed. And I want to know what can we, what could I do better? Throw me under the uh, bus. <laughs> Where man, does you begin? suck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say I have anything you could do better. I think there's just, um, I think the biggest thing is just making sure they're at the table, make sure they're clued in when things are going on, make sure they understand, you know, what what's happening in their world. Otherwise, you know, they may be in the dark and then they're getting pulled in at the last minute and they're kind of playing catch up. So I think just keeping the alignment there, keeping a, you know, keeping a touch base, maybe having a biweekly or weekly touch base of, of the ops people would be a, a good way to do that. Nice. It's good advice. Cause the thing I, the thing that I sort of struggle with and I'm assuming a lot of rev ops people do right. Is, is that um, if I'm doing my job well, I shouldn't be the best at any of those roles. Like I shouldn't know more about sales ops than our sales ops person. I shouldn't know more about marketing ops than you. Like I never, and I don't, right? Like I shouldn't because if I did, then that's a problem. Like you guys should be the experts at your thing. So then how can I actually help you like learn more about your role or get better at your role or expand into other roles? Because Mm. I'm not, I'm not like the greatest at it. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, like expanding it. So, so let me ask you this then as a follow up to that, uh, I know you, I know personally you, you know, you like to get more involved with sales and like learn from sales pretty aggressively. You sit in sales trainings and that sort of stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. is that, is that something you think is, is super valuable for like development as a marketing ops person? Absolutely. I think not only from development as a marketing ops person, but it's really beneficial even just for the hoorah moment of just saying, you know, keeping motivation, like understanding that, you know, you're putting wins on the board. Sometimes 
especially in marketing ops, you're so in the weeds a lot of the times, just implementing products and, you know, just building these journeys. You don't get to kind of see the benefits and of the, of the things like you get to see the reports and all that, but just being able to hear the individual wins and things that sales are bringing across the finish line, it's so beneficial Mm. and it keeps motivation. I think motivation is key because you want, you want your employees to be happy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I didn't even think about the, like you getting to celebrate the wins with the sales team because celebrating wins with the sales team is a fun time for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, cool. Brandon, what do you got? All right. So I, I, I do think like professional development, everyone should like every manager out there should know what drives their people. Like, what are they motivated by? Where do they want to go? And that should be an ongoing conversation. So every month I like to have just a broader conversation with my people and say like, how are things going? Has anything changed? Like, like take a step back. I don't want to talk about specific projects you know, I don't want a status update here. I want to know how are you doing in your career? How are you doing professionally? Like, let's talk about some of these other things that are just like much more strategic, more career related. And I like to have that's a that's scheduled every single month with all of my people. And that's really helping define like, um, what does it take for you to get to the next level? Right. So I think job levels are very important at companies and very defined for every single level. And people know exactly what they need to do to get to that next level. Um, And then at the same time, I always I I love it when someone comes to me and is like, I want to work on this other project, too. Right. Like I I had the senior brand copywriter here come to me and she's like, I want to learn a little bit more about um, product marketing. It's like, great. I think you would be great at that. Why don't you sit in on this meeting that I have with our head of product? And Mm -hmm. she sat in. She's like, okay, cool. Like this project that you guys are working on, I think I can do this thing. And as long as she is doing her everyday work well, then it's like, absolutely, you can take on another project that's outside of your scope. It's like, Letting people work on the projects that they really enjoy working on. And kind of like what Jonathan says, like when, when people are happy, when they are engaged, they're going to do great work. And a lot of like a lot of just um, how I see managing my team is like, I, I, I kind of want to let you struggle a little bit, but not so much where it's like, Brandon, like, what are you doing? I need help here. Right. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm more the type that's like, I'm going to let you see if you can sink or swim here if. If you're sinking, like I'm gonna go in and grab you. But if you're swimming, it's like great. Like I'm not. I'm gonna be hands off. Like you go run with this, take responsibility, take ownership of this, and then kind of like you said, like we'll celebrate the wins together after this, right? And it's like it's um like I just saw this on LinkedIn uh, the other day. It's like what makes a good manager? One person said um, taking blame but giving praise or something like that. And it's like yeah, I actually like that a lot like it, it is actually people, yeah right in a lot of ways you you your job is to bubble around your people it, it, make, exactly make sure it. that make sure that they feel positive and encouraged that way they they can professionally develop because otherwise they won't yep exactly yeah yeah uh alec just said that any mistake he makes is your fault moving forward just so you know <laughs> <laughs> um no I but I, I love i love the answer and I, I think there's actually a piece of that that um I think is a big miss for most companies, which is, which you both actually said it, you know, like 
Jonathan, you mentioned like, you know, going into sales and like how exciting it is to like learn those things and engage with the sales team and celebrate the wins and, and how that helps you come back, feel positive and motivated to do your job more. Right. And, and Brandon, you sort of mess, messaged it the same way, which is, you know, ask them what they want to learn and then empower them to go into that. If it's like product, product, then sit in with the product, you know, like et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think the, the miss is that typically managers like to think, well, as long as they're doing their job really well, then I'll help them do that. And, and I, I, don't, I actually disagree with that because I actually think there's a lot of times where somebody's not doing their job super well and they're not doing it well because they're not motivated. And, and one way you can motivate them is by empowering them to go do these things. So even if you're doing your job a bit crap, like maybe this is actually the way to solve that a little bit, right? Like I can expose you to something else, get you excited, make you feel empowered, and then you're going to come back and do your work better, right? Does that make and sense? Maybe- and maybe they're just confused and they're only seeing like one tenth of the piece of the puzzle because they're not being clued in on the other nine tenths of it. And, True. You know, and, and at that point, you just think, what am I working on? And if yeah. you really know the full picture of what you're working on, it's going to be a lot easier to motivate to do it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I, and I see that a lot, I think. Like, oh, well, he's not, he's not succeeding in his role, so I can't let him go do that. Like, really? Is that, is that <laughs> the reason we're not doing that? That doesn't well, feel like a great a, a reason. about a few things about that. It's like how how poorly are they, are they really doing? Yeah, right. Like, right? like, is it are they are they basically not showing up? Right? Like, like yeah, they're, like, they're sure. not showing up, but they want yeah. to go do this other thing. Nah, I think that's a bigger conversation that we have to have. Um, and I mean, the, the conversation might be like, yeah, you are in the wrong role. Let's just not have you do this. Um, yeah. Maybe we can get someone else to do this. Uh, you know, this this job here, and then you move over here. Or if that role is really critical and that person is not doing their job there at all, then I think it's a broader conversation to have. Like, do you even belong at this company? Because I've, I've had plenty of situations where it's like, you know what? That, like, honestly, I think that it's going to be best for the both of us to part ways. And like, I'm, let's, let's be professional about it. Like, I'll be a reference for you. I'll make some intros for you. But like, your skill set isn't quite like a match for what we need here right now. Right. And that's where those, those monthly conversations happen. It's, it's just like taking a step back. How are things going? Like, let's be honest about it. Cause I never want someone to lie to me. And hopefully I built a relationship with my people where they will be honest with me. They, they say, you know what, I'm really frustrated with this or, you know, I'm not doing a good job here or Brandon, you're not providing me with what I need to be successful here. Like I want, like Alex should be able to say that to you. So what I'm going to summarize is that your advice on how to help people develop professionally is just fire them. Just go. Like if, they, if they're not developing on their own, then they don't belong. So, yeah, exactly. Get out of here. You're, you're useless. You're hopeless. <laughs> no, but you're, but you're totally right. Right. Like all, all of it, again, it goes back to the, the answer to all questions is it depends. But, but to summarize in general, the answer. I think that we're, we're all sort of dancing around here. And by the way, I gave a version of this answer, probably not as well polished as the three of us could, could come up with together, but is to actually have a relationship with your team, talk to them, ask them what they want to develop, how they want to develop, evaluate whether they're ready to do those things, and then sort of coordinate that. It's not actually like your job 
to coach them always on on what they're doing. If they want to, if it's a marketing person who wants to be in sales, connect them with the VP of sales. Make sure they have a relationship. Make sure in their meetings. If it's a sales ops person that wants to be in marketing, connect them with the product marketing guy and make sure he's in those meetings and having conversations. Right? Like it's it's coordinating and facilitating those things in a way that makes them feel like they're learning the things that they want to learn, so that then they feel more motivated to come back and work harder on other things. Is that sort of an accurate summary of where we're at. And if all of that is wrong, then Brandon says, fire them. So, and, and, but, but actually I think, and the one piece of this that I think is super important and Brandon, you did a really good job summarizing it is through all of that as a good manager, in order to make your teammate feel empowered to develop professionally, you need to shield them from a lot of things, right? Like your job is to, like you said, absorb the criticism, pass on the praise. Like that is a lot of, a lot of times what a manager does. That's what a good manager does. And if you don't, then, then your, your team's not going to feel empowered to develop professionally or at all period. And they're not going to mo- be motivated to do their jobs. So hundred percent. I, I feel like my job is just to make my people around me successful. That, that is my job. God. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. I dig it. I dig it. Cool. That's, I, I think that's, I, for what it's worth, I think that's kind of everybody's job. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's just kind of jobs true. in general. Like, uh, there's, sure. I mean, individual contributors, they're still like helping other people be successful. But yeah, so um, cool. All right. Is everybody happy with that segue? Are we good? We summarize that? I feel like that was a good LinkedIn call out for the week. Um, cool. So that's, I, I feel like that's this one the, went long. We, we got heated on this one. Maybe, maybe a little. Jonathan got a little bit more heated than he usually gets. <laughs> I know, but but he 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 took a phone call like in the middle words. of a podcast. I just want to point know, that out. Right. <laughs> when your boss calls, you pick it up. Okay. I mean, last last week we had your attention. We're losing you, apparently. Um, cool. So we can cut that out if we need to. Per per usual, everybody who's tuning in. Send us your messages on, on LinkedIn and wherever, email, whatever. We'll make sure everybody has our contact information. That way we can we can use your messages in the next week. Thanks for listening, and we will uh, look forward to the next week. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my, I guess, calm guest hosts, Jordan Henderson, Brandon Redlinger, and Jonathan Stevens for sharing their insights about RevOps with us today. If you enjoyed their podcast, please subscribe to it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do all that on your phone in less than a minute as soon as this episode is over. So thank you for your help with that. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Good selling, everyone.